Coming up on today's Compassion Radio. He is absolutely amazing as his helpmate. I will walk behind him when he is leading. I'll stand next to him as we're walking together. Or if he's struggling, I will go before him and I will protect him because that's my job. The same thing's true when he's at work. When your husband works for a company or your wife works for a company, you work for that company. Talk the talk all you want. If you don't walk the walk, well, you know. Hi, friends, and welcome to Compassion Radio, where we share the story of God's people doing life God's way and having an amazing adventure while doing it. When the going gets tough, what does our God do for us? Don't answer that question too quickly, because the full answer might be just a little counterintuitive. I know He works in very personal and often tender ways with each of us. But I've seen this principle, too, to be consistent in my life and those around me. And it's this. When times are challenging, God challenges us to test our faith and see if it's real or just a house of cards. I've also seen time after time that God keeps showing up when things are not easy. At least I notice Him a lot more and rediscover my gratitude. If you're being tested these days, I pray you're trusting Him to put your faith to the test in ways that bring glory to Him and pour pure gold into your foundation. Thanks for joining us today. Yesterday we started a conversation with a couple whose faith has been proven pure through a lot of challenges over the years, and they're not through growing. They represent the best that this country has to offer, and they're planted deeply in the good soil of God's kingdom. It's been an inspiring story already. And I'm sure you'll be encouraged again today. We're back on Compassion Radio for a second program with the Jackson family. Aaron and Stacy Jackson, good friends of ours over the years, very about as long as we have been. Super we raised our friends. children about the same generation together. They're all bolting loose in the world, doing great things, and facing their own new challenges. And because we talked about the issue of race last time on Compassion Radio, we'll start with that one. The reason that we're talking about it, why we're beginning to investigate your lives and your faith is because you are black in America. And America, we know, needs you. And the last program, Stacey, talking about how you speak into young people day by day, remind them that the world doesn't even have a clue yet how much they need you. Not just what you can do, mm-hmm. not just what you represent, but you. I love it how you speak about believing in these kids and how you just put so much effort into making sure they understand that they are believed in, regardless of their color. Mm-hmm. I mean, the black kids, the white kids, all the kids that come into your sphere of influence. And we see it because we know that Jesus is beaming out of you. I mean, <laughs> your faith is alive and well. <laughs> and I won't say it's not been tested. I'm just saying that it's alive. And I've seen you believe in my kids yeah. and encourage my kids over the years. Yeah. And it's genuine. Okay, Aaron, I'll pivot to you now. We have all the praise and faith in the world for your wife. She has excelled in every way. She is a minister of the gospel in the work she does in schools, education, mentorship, counseling. You wanted to be an engineer. You went to the chess club. You hung out with all the geeky, nerdy people, which in your upbringing happened to be all the white kids. And you came through a military family, so you're being shifted around all the time. Your moorings sociologically are probably pretty weak in that regard. Because many military families don't really feel grounded. 
except in their tribe, which could be military. Right. You decided to do all that, but then step out and find out everything God had for you. And you've been planted in the community of Central Texas for a number of years. But you work in a very high-end tech <laughs> field, and you have bounced around to a few really, as I looked at it, esoteric fields in mathematics and design and programming and code writing and stuff that ended up putting you where you are now, which is with whom? Um, well, I like to phrase it differently. I do high-end technology development for really, really big companies, right? So it can be anywhere from major retailers, and I can I don't know that I can say their name, but I've worked for some some very large people building extremely large systems for them in tech. And it's safe to say that the company you're currently working for, if anybody's <laughs> been ordering many things online in the past 10 years, yes, those people. Uh, people that brought those things to your door, yes, probably mean. were depending a lot on the technology you developed. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So that, that company, yes. Okay. <laughs> and you enjoy the work you do. I want to ask you, since it's less touchy-feely, I mean, Stacy's all over the lives of these young people, but you are missional at heart. How does the gospel come into play in your life, and why is the work you do missional? Um, so it, at its core, there's a couple of things, right? I truly believe that your walk in life is what people see, and uh, it's always been a passion of mine for two things. One is to make sure that people see Christ through me, right? Because that's how you capture hearts is... They see you. They see what you do. And second, you know, in terms of race, it's the same problem, which is young people of color, black, brown, whatever, you want them to see that you can achieve the exact same things, that, that you can achieve these types of things. So when I look at it, there's a time uh, when I look back at my career where I spent a lot of it focused on what we consider the, you know, the core kind of non-missional companies. You, know, you work at a big tech company, it's not a big deal. And then there was a time when I learned that I could take my skills and I could use them to actually do something that was, was specifically kingdom-focused, right? So I spent some time working on how do you build websites for churches and, and faith organizations. Mm-hmm. Spent time on how do you do campaigns, um, E3 when I did work with them. How do you take your talents, right? This is the, the hard thing I had to learn was how do you use the talents that you have and use them? Yes, you're going to do your work in the world. How do you use them to also serve? Um, and there was a point in time, I remember talking to Stace about it. She probably remembers this. I remember saying, how do I, I struggled with it. How do I do what I do in a way that actually serves? Mm. It's one thing to get up on Sunday and serve. It's a different thing to get up and, and to serve on boards or to serve in committees. It's an entirely different thing when you say, I write code. How does that help the kingdom? Mm. Yeah. Right? And what you begin to learn is, yeah, well, you know what? Same, same people you're trying to reach go out to websites, they go out to places, that you're going to run into them on a daily basis. Um, how do you use your skills, your talents, what you've been gifted with in order to serve? Okay. So what was the answer for you? The answer for me is two-part. Um, one, I find opportunities to actually do things directly with my talents. So that means building websites. If that means building systems or structures or tech or helping plan stuff. And then there's the indirect portion, which is on a day-to-day basis when I'm in front of people. How does my life actually reflect the life of Christ? Am I living? It's a constant struggle because the tech industry can be very cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it tests your ability to... You know, what is your character made of? When faced with situations where you could easily lose your character, do you, do you maintain your character? Do you demonstrate who you are 
in those situations. So I take it twofold. One is, how do I use my talents directly? And then two, when I'm in the world, how am I living and how, how do people perceive me, right? So if you perceive me and you go, man, Aaron, you're different, man. I don't get it, but what's different? Well, now I have an invitation, an opportunity to say, well, what do you think is different about me? Well, you, you, know, you don't do all these other things. Yeah, well, let me talk to you about what that actually means. Okay. Stacy. what do you see in your husband as a struggle to live a life of integrity and Christ-likeness in the field he chose to work in? It provides well for you, and you <laughs> are at the top of your field now. It'll probably be a principal sometime in your future. So as far as education goes in this country, you'll do just fine. You'll, you can both live a comfortable life even by yourselves, but together... God's given you and stewarded to you some serious resources that he's trusting you with. Yep. Yes. But your husband faces unique challenges. What are you seeing as the big burden for him? Well, one of the biggest burdens that I see with my husband that he struggles with is being a black man in a technological field, which is dominated by people that don't look like him And that question his abilities, that question whether or not he should be in the position that he's in. His legitimacy. Oh, absolutely. His legitimacy. But when it is brought to the attention of those in that area, they don't seem to see anything wrong because they only want to put people that look exactly like them in those positions. It's sad because it is a group of people that are also brown that try to shut him out or try to hinder him from doing the things that he's called to do. And it's frustrating because every time the wall starts to fall and things go wrong, he's the first person that they call. Mm. And to fix just, it or to blame? No, to fix, fix it. it. Oh, <laughs> to fix it. If it's broken, call Aaron. Mm-hmm. And the job that he had when we first came down here to do, when Aaron left, five people had to come in to do the job that he was doing. I used to this tell... This is not an exaggeration. No, this is not an exaggeration at all. They actually had to have five different people to do the one job that Aaron was doing when he left. Because they were like, there's no way one person can do this job. Oh, but one person did that job for seven years. So now they had to put five different people in the role that Aaron was doing. (laughs) When people would ask me, and they were like, well, what does your husband do? I said, he's a firefighter. An air traffic controller. (laughs) And Yeah, but they would ask me, what what does he do? I said, he's a firefighter. Puts out fires. He puts out fires because that's what he does. And I saw the frustration because my husband is very much an intellect. He can take an idea from a concept to fruition Mm -hmm. and maintain his level of professionalism and his integrity and just human decency Mm -hmm. along the way Mm -hmm. with all of the frustrations that he is met with. And he does it in such a way I admire him and just I'm blown away by the Mm -hmm. things that he does. He is absolutely amazing. I tell him that every day. I encourage him every single day. And that is one of the things that I do as his wife. I make sure that I build my husband up and that I give him a sense of validation. I make sure that 
when he goes out into the world that he's covered and he's protected. Mm-hmm. And that's my job as his helpmate is to be there for him. I will walk behind him when he is leading. I'll stand next to him as we're walking together. Or if he's struggling, I will go before him mm-hmm. and I will protect him mm-hmm. because that's my job. The same thing's true when he's at work and we sit down and we have conversations. As people say, you know, you have pillow talk. And <laughs> when your husband works for a company or your wife works for a company, you work for that company. Yeah. And there are times, you or know, that company will work you over. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that too. In one case, the owner of this company, you know, we came in and, you know, he was talking And I was like, you owe me a really big check. (laughs) And he said, what? I said, I just saved everybody's in his life today. (laughs) I've talked this man off a ledge. (laughs) So you owe me a big check. (laughs) But with my husband, I see that frustration that he faces when he's sitting there and they're doubting. And he's like, but I don't understand why they don't just listen and do what I'm what I'm asking them to do. It's not like this is my first rodeo. I understand what needs to be done. And he does that. But he does it with a level of humility and just the grace that he extends to people that don't sometimes deserve that grace. Friends, before we jump back to today's interview, I just want to remind you that Compassion Radio is a communications ministry, and it depends on the faithful support of you to keep bringing inspiring stories to the air each day. Our vision partners support us monthly with gifts large and small and make it possible for us to take you to the very front lines of faith. Whether you join our vision team or make a one-time gift, thank you for believing in and standing by this ministry. We're here to bring you real good news in every situation. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478 to make your gift. You can also text the word COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone. Or visit our website, CompassionRadio.com. Thank you, friends, for everything you've done and what you'll do today. We love you. And now, back to the interview. With my husband, I see that frustration that he faces when he's sitting there and they're doubting and he's like, but I don't understand why they don't just listen and do what I'm, what I'm asking them to do. It's not like this is my first rodeo. I understand what needs to be done. And he does that, but he does it with a level of humility and just the grace that he extends to people that don't sometimes deserve that grace. Oh, what's the point of grace then? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he, but he does it. And with that, he truly walks the walk in what he does, how he deals with people. God blesses him. Mm-hmm. And you see it. And they're just going, how did he get that done? We set these things into place. And yet he's still thriving. And he's still succeeding. And I know we put stumbling blocks there, Mm -hmm. but the stumbling blocks they've placed there, God has used them to prop him up. And I love that. Like I said, he's just absolutely amazing in the things that he does and how he conducts himself. We're going to talk in another program about the issue of parenthood and young people in this generation, in this society. And I want to close out with a couple more questions about the two of you. Sandy, you had a question. I just wonder how... 
you guys um, deal with some issues that have to do with your success. You are a successful black couple. You've mm-hmm. raised some beautiful, successful young men. How do other people of color perceive you? So um, here's a running joke in what I do, just to start with. I can go 30 days and not see another person of color in my job. Mm. 30 days, right? You can't even imagine if you walked into an office every single day that every 30 days you'd see a person of color. The problem is that depending upon which aspect of our culture you're going into, right? If I go talk to my family, for example, um, my mom, my dad, my brother, accept him because we all kind of had that same go get it done, Mm -hmm. hard work ethic, servant leadership model. Go to other aspects of my, other parts of my family and it's like, who do you think you are? Mm. What are you trying to do? You trying to get ahead? Who do you think you, do you, you don't think you're black anymore? And see, my wife is sitting there shaking her head because we see it. So there's, a, there's an enormous portion of our culture which says, you're trying to get ahead at our expense. No, I'm not trying to get ahead at your expense. I'm trying to get ahead to set a role model because I want the next generation to come right. and, and excel. But it's so hard because culturally, sometimes we just eat each other up. It's a cold crab in a bucket mentality. And, you know, sometimes, like, (laughs) within my own family, I have some family members that are just like, yes, Aunt Stacey and Uncle Aaron are doing it. You know, this is what we strive to be. You know, my niece, she's always like, hashtag relationship goals, hashtag, Mm -hmm. you know, family goals, that kind of thing. Because in our families, not a lot of people were married or if they got married, they didn't stay married. And, you know, Aaron and I made a conscious effort to make sure to pour into our relationship, raise our family the way we want them to be. And And not lose it at that point. You'd be surprised. It almost goes down the lines of education and and socioeconomics, right? Mm -hmm. Um, My friends who went to college with me, all of them, right? They're, They're all generally happy to see you do well. They're all kind of doing well. Friends who didn't, who didn't do well, hate it. Don't, don't mm-hmm. want to hear about anything you've done. Nothing you can do is, is good. And, and that's unfortunate, right? We see a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. You, even you have family members mm-hmm. that I had one family member was like, oh, they think they're better than anybody mm-hmm. else because they have money. I was like, first of all, I want to know what this money you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, show me, the money. show me the money. But it was, you know, breaking those generational curses. Mm-hmm. And learning that it's okay to have a more mature relationship with your finances and what God has blessed you with. Mm. And that's the thing. It's generational. It's, it's genera- and it was just like, for us, I remember when we made the decision to tithe. Mm-hmm. Our boys were young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were still figuring out our things. Both of us grew up in church. You know, I was in church Grew up, came through the Methodist church, the whole nine. And so it wasn't new. But it was just an offering. But it was just an offering. And it wasn't until, you know, we got older and we really started to become involved in church. And we were in a church that we had a pastor that was a true teacher and talked about tithing. They talked about all of these things. And I remember as a couple, we decided you know, we're going to trust God mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to do this. And we started out doing five percent. Mm-hmm. Then we worked up to 10 percent. 
and then giving more. Yep. And it was amazing to see how God worked mm-hmm. because I can tell you there were plenty of times that we ran out of money before we ran out of month mm-hmm. and we never lacked anything. And you're just going, well, you just trust me with just a little bit. Well, Aaron, you're an economist and the work you do it at the executive <laughs> level you run. And then you find yourself talking about God's economy, which doesn't make any sense. Look no, at the spreadsheet really and say, how in the world did that extra month appear yeah. and be provided for? Because God multiplies with zero and makes things happen. Yes, he does. Um, and I know that's a kind of an abstract way of saying it, but I've seen that work too. Mm-hmm. God just seems to make stuff happen. You, you don't plan for it, and, and it happens that the amount you need or more occurs at the time you didn't expect or could have never anticipated it was needed. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. we had a, a story that happened when we first moved here. We're going to come back for that story in our next program. Okay. So let's talk about how God provides, and then we'll talk about some so other long-winded. hard issues. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron and Stacy, for joining us on okay. Compassion Radio. I hope what you've heard from Aaron and Stacy Jackson so far has pierced your heart at least a little and given you hope for the future of the church and this country we love. There's much more to share in the days to come, so I hope you'll stick with us for the entire series. Remember that the call of Christ is not to live politically correct or politically expedient lives. The call is to live faithfully. The Jacksons are our guide when it comes to a God-fearing response to the challenge of race relations in modern times. When you're up against a struggle And that shatters all your dreams And your hopes have been cruelly crushed By Satan's manifested schemes And you feel the urge within you To submit to earthly fears And don't let the faith just stand in And seem to disappear He can work through those who praise Him. Praise the Lord. For our God and have His praise. Praise the Lord. For the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise Him. Satan is a liar And he wants to make us think That we are paupers When he knows himself We're children of the king So lift up the mighty shield of faith For the battle must be won We know that Jesus Christ is risen So the work's already done That seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. Oh, praise him, praise him. Oh, when you praise, oh, when you praise. 
There is so much to be thankful for, even in hard times. Right now, I'm very thankful for you. Your gift of time each day is a genuine treasure to us. Knowing that you're being challenged to live out your faith like never before is a wonderful encouragement to us as well. I hope you'll take time today to drop us a note through our website or by email. You can reach me directly at the following address, bramfloria at compassionradio.com. However you reach out, know that we're in this ministry and this work for you and because of you. Just call or write us today to help keep us on the air and in the field. Call one 800 868 And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. And jump in anytime at CompassionRadio.com. We're waiting for you, friends. Hop on board.